You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for January 25th, episode 30,106, brought to you today by Stateline Tech. Good morning, Horse World. Hey, you made it to Wednesday. Only three days left till a weekend full of horsey fun. Lucky for you, you have Jamie and Glenn to get you through on Horses in the Morning. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. On today's show, we're going to meet our latest spotlight rider, somebody we're going to watch all year long. And I really like this particular person because they're completely changing what they've done for their entire life for competition. So we get to follow uh, her in her new adventures. Plus, the Daily Dose, uh, we're going to do a history segment today instead of a health segment. And we're going to hear about one scrappy kid and some weird... Or is there weird news? We didn't even talk about that in the pre-show. There, there might be some weird news. Okay, I was, I was pretty sure that the world hasn't stopped. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have something for you to guess, all right? Okay. So we're going to start with a guessing game today. On SeriouslyEquestrian.com, they had a list, and I personally didn't know there were 15 of these. They had a list of 15 spotted horse breeds that you should know. So I want you to guess spotted horse breeds, and we'll see how many spotted horse breeds you know. Oh, you just want me to like list yeah, yeah, the just spotted guess some spotted horse breeds, and we'll see how many you come up with of the fifteen. Because I maybe came up with three. Okay, well, I'd like to know the third third one you came up with. So uh, I would are these like paints or Appaloosa tape spotted? Uh, sp- spots all over spotted. Like if I said paint, that's not on the list. Yeah, it is actually. Oh, okay, so, so we've got Appaloosa. Yep. We've got paints. Yep. We've got Pintos, spotted saddle horse. Knob Stroopers. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What Boy, other? Good. Thank you. Um, I mean, there's Pinto, like Shetland ponies that are Pintos. Like I had a Shetland. Hmm, let's see what else is spotted. Dalmatians. <laughs> uh, <laughs> duh. Are we counting that one? <laughs> we'll count that one. Mation walking spotted walkers. Oh, wait, that's a spotted saddle horse. I yeah, that's what I got. That's at least fifteen. Oh, you got more than I did. So uh, I did get one you didn't, and I, it's only because we. I don't know. I talked. I read an article about it recently. It was Icelandic horses uh, come and spotted, and they then are. there's something called the Wakalusa. The Wakalusa. I didn't. I had never heard of Wakalusa before. It's the it's the ver- it's the horse version of a Labradoodle. Oh, really? It's a it's a walking horse and a Appaloosa. Yeah, I think. Oh, well, we That's need to get somebody guess. on to talk about a Wakalusa. It's like Brangelina. <laughs> you know, you just smush them together and it makes a name. Hey, Jennifer, we need a breed highlight on a Wakalusa. Yeah, she had never heard of that either. Uh, Appaloosa, you you got that one. Knobstrupper, uh, uh, you got that one. Um, Colorado Ranger. That's one I never heard of. Ever heard of a Colorado Ranger? You know, to be honest, I've heard of everything you've mentioned, but only because I search for really bad ads and then I see <laughs> these weird breeds. Well, apparently... Or like you go on Dream Horse and you go to select the breed you're looking for and it comes up with like all these crazy breeds. Apparently, this was it, they actually were bred and uh, created in uh, the Colorado High Plains. So there you go. Miniature horse, because there's a miniature horse with spots. Uh, the Marwari. We talked about the Marwari before. Isn't that the rare mm-hmm. one? Uh, with yeah, the, the ears, ears like stick yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, paint, you got that. Uh, Pony of the Americas. Yeah. Oh, duh. POA. I like had yeah. one growing up. Yeah, I thought you did. I thought you had a POA. <laughs> she was all white, though. It was. Yeah. You have another one here that's on the list, but I don't know that I've ever seen one as a Mustang. You've never seen a a paint Mustang? A spotted Mustang. Like an Appaloosa spotted Mustang. I don't know that I've ever seen one. I think when this is spotted, they're just like paint, like pinto coloring. British spotted pony. No, it's never actually heard of a that. thing, apparently. Um, a Pintaloosa. 
again, there's one of your yeah. <laughs> there's one of your hybrid breeds. Um, uh, the Nez Pierce horse, who we've talked about in the past, the Tiger horse. The what? Uh, T i g e r the Tiger horse. Never heard of it. Yeah, that's a new one too. And then the and this is a one I don't think we've ever talked about is a Noriker. N o r i k e r a Noriker uh-huh. looks like a draft breed. Yeah, it's like a spotted draft horse. Yeah, that's by the right. way, I'm In thinking Austria. mustangs that with Appaloosa coloring are like super common. Actually, go ahead. Really? Carry on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. There's your list. Uh, so we got some new breeds we could do as breed highlights on here. Like we've never had breed highlight on the Noriker. Well, write that down. We just need to find somebody in Austria that speaks English that can tell us about it. (laughs) (laughs) That should be no problem. Yeah. People that breed Norikers in the hills of Austria typically are very, very well-versed on the English language. (laughs) Jennifer, can you get on that? We need some people to talk about Norikers. She, yeah, she doesn't, had never heard of them either. Did she just shoot you the bird? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. much. (laughs) All right, Daily Winnie time. My Daily Winnie is a couple of auditor birthdays, Aaron Anderson and Pat Noon. Happy birthday to both of you. And also, I wanted to thank thank, uh, one of our auditors, Allie Henninger. Allie won the saddle at Christmas. Remember, she did some great songs and stuff and sent them to Mm -hmm. us, and then she ended up winning. Well, she posted pictures of her new dressage saddle. She said it's crazy comfy for both me and my horse. Uh, So, And she said everything fits better than she expected. That's a WinTech one that she won. So, Allie, thank you for posting pictures and for uh, letting WinTech know you got it and that it's working great. So uh, we appreciate you doing that. And now it's time for another episode of My Wife's Unnecessary Anxiety. Yes, this is a a new segment that I like to... Which I don't know anything about. So <laughs> just just bring bring to you um, a thank you to my husband who puts up with me. Okay, so we got a lot of snow yesterday. Mm-hmm. Remember, this is the segment called unnecessary anxiety. We get snow yesterday. It rained for like three four hours, and then it started snowing, and it snowed and snowed and snowed and snowed like all night and all day, and then halfway through the night, it kept snowing. So we've got about four or five inches of snow right now. And uh, so in the rain, I was like, I got to bring everybody up. And I blanketed everybody because I knew it was coming. So everybody has a blanket, but I decided to bring them all up. And so they're all in their stalls. And I last night, it's such a nice feeling. I had all the hay in the barn. I didn't have to carry anything through the snow. I had completely prepped the barn to be bringing the horses in. And I brought them in about 10 o'clock yesterday morning in the rain. Got them all tucked in their stalls. I had, All the stalls were clean, freshly bedded, waterers cleaned out. Uh, and I have those Nelson heated waterers. So nothing's going to freeze. I'm like, this should be the best night's sleep ever, right? Get through the day. I get my last check was at like 8.30, I went down there, talked to everybody in, gave everybody some more hay, came up, went to bed after a hard day of playing in the snow and taking care of horses. I go to bed at 4 o'clock in the morning, Glenn, 4 a.m., I'm awake because I had a dream. I had a dream that all the horses were in paddocks, not Mind you, this is not actually my farm in my dream, but it's a farm and it's mine, but it's not mine. So there's all these pastures and they're out by a road and across the road is a grass fire. Okay. (laughs) So there's a fire going on at the property next door is like woods and it's creeping towards my farm. And I'm standing in the barn and I'm watching the fire coming because we're like, why isn't our water working? Oh, they shut it off because the fire crews are battling a blaze right next door. Like I didn't notice there was a fire next door until right now. So then 
My, under the snow or no this is not snow it's, okay. just, it's, it's a dream and so uh, the, the, the fire's coming and chad's like you know what we should probably evacuate the horses so i'm like well that was really sensible of you and so i go to uh start to evacuate the horses and my brothers are there and they don't know how to put halters on to get horses halters so then i have to run to every single paddock and grab every horse but then i realize i only have one truck and two trailers so i've got to cram them all into the like two horses to each partition and i'm trying to load the horses and then i wake up oh my god i think my dream means my barn is on fire okay what my barn is on fire oh my god okay so i get up and i run to the window and i'm like looking it's pitch black outside i'm like i will see flames if something's on fire i look out nothing there's no fire okay all right crazy dream i'm gonna go lay down i lay down and i go to sleep and then about five o'clock i oh my gosh i cleaned out all the nelson waters but you have to like flip this switch to shut them all off to like take the bowl out and scrub it and clean it and then you put the bowl back in what if i didn't turn the bowl back on what if the horses have been standing in the stalls for 22 hours with no water oh my god and then the heaters are on so they're heating the bowls and then the horses but they put their nose and burn their nose five o'clock in the morning i can't take it anymore I can't take it. So I get all my dang snow clothes on and I walk down to the barn. I have to look. And by the way, if you walk into the barn at five in the morning, the horses are super excited. They're like banging on the wall. I'm like, shh, quiet. I'm just checking the waters, you know? So then I check the water and they're all like super, oh my God, we got to jump. I'm like, I got to give them some food. So then I start feeding at five in the morning in the pitch black. You know, I can't turn on the lights because I don't want to wake everybody up. But why is there somebody in the barn? Five o'clock in the morning. Blah, blah, blah. Play that sounder again. <laughs> and now it's time for another episode of My Wife's Unnecessary Anxiety. I just, he slept through the whole thing. Of course, because <laughs> there was nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I come up and I tell him, and he's like, so what was wrong? What was going on down there? How was it? I'm like, it was fine. Everything was fine. And he was like, do you think that maybe that was a little bout of unnecessary anxiety? And I was like, oh, you just named a new segment for the podcast. Because I feel like I've had like three of these in the past week. And it's just, there yeah. you go. So um, I just. I just... Made a note to contact the HR department at Equine Network to see if psychological services are covered. Because <laughs> you need one. <laughs> you know what? I, we, we built a barn so when weather comes, I can bring them all in and tuck them in and sleep well. And not have to worry about it. Fine. <laughs> no, I dream there's a fire and then there's no water. And I was like, whoa, that must be why I dreamed there's no water because the horses don't have any water and they're all dying. And I'm going to come back and they're all going to be calling. And I'm like, everything was fine. Fine. It was fine. But, right. you know, I have the same thing leaving the house after I've cooked something. Think I'm convinced the stove is still on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did I shut off the water? Did I turn off the water? Did I? Yeah. Is the oven still on? Did I? Oh, my God. Did the toast the coffee pot? All the things. Like, there's coffee a lot pot of that. is one I think about a lot because Jennifer has done that in the past. Well, yeah. You, I had right, to alleviate a, that by spending a, 10 extra dollars and getting one that automatically shuts off. Take a deep breath. Go. <sighs> okay. Thank you for dealing with me. <laughs> and thank you, husband, for dealing with me. I must have tossed and turned all night. And I, that guy's, oh my God, I slept so great. I'm like, I hate you right now. <laughs> All right, let's give, let's give our first guest a call. Her name is Kim Watts, and she's going to be our next Beyond the Ribbon Spotlight Rider for 2023. We started this last year where we followed three people through their show season. And uh, we tend not to go with professional riders. We went just ordinary people who are out doing fun new things. Yeah, so, we can all follow Boyd Martin on his yeah, on you know, Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a chance to get to know other people that are like us that are out doing new things. We try and look for new fun things, and Kim is going to tell us about what new things she's going to do. And I think she had to get off work to do this, so we'll give her a call. I don't think she has an important job or anything. No, I think she's, she's like, like a nurse. Or something. ER nurse or something. <laughs> Good morning, Glenn. Good morning, Kim. How are you? Pretty good, thanks. Good, I have Jamie here with me Hello, too. Hello, Kim. Hi, Jamie. Are you in California? 
No. We I got saw your snow. winter snow. I saw yeah. that. And I thought, oh, she did get out. But I wasn't positive. Maybe flew overnight. I d- yeah, I thought my thought of going to the airport while snow's rolling in was probably ill-advised. And so, um, yeah, flights were delayed. It was a big mess. And if anybody gets kicked off of a flight, it's a person who's trying to fly for free. Bye-bye. So I would have spent all day in airports. And so I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to stay home and I'm trying to go next week. Um, but yeah. <laughs> We'll see. So we were just talking about your um, your job. You're taking time off to make this phone call? Yes. Well, but- yeah, my job. I, I clocked out. I came in at uh, 6.15 this morning. I never start that early. Started with my quality control stuff that I do every week. And then clocked out real quick so I could get on the phone and not worry about somebody thinking I'm, you know, working on, you know, making phone calls on company time. So um, what so- do you tell everybody what you do? I am a breast imaging specialist, meaning I do mammography and breast ultrasonography, uh, biopsy, I assist radiologists in the biopsy procedures and pre-surgical wire localizations, plus do all phases of uh, breast imaging. Glenn, anytime anybody says that they got to work early because they had to do quality control, they have an important job. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we don't get to work early and do quality control here. Well, thank you. By the way, I have my mammogram on Friday. So there you go. <laughs> okay, good. I'm doing the, what I'm supposed to do. Can I can I also give uh, kudos to Kim and her husband, Ray, who came, who were out here in Ocala and actually helped us paint our house when we moved in 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 March. So they were here and painted for an entire day. So I got to give her kudos for that too. But that's yeah, so not we're really we... invested in your kitchen. Yes, uh, how you your are. Kitchen turns out. But the kitchen is coming out. It's almost done. I'm, I'm very excited. So the plumbers come out today. We'll actually have a functioning kitchen. So Ooh, Kim, we're not here helpful. to talk about kitchens. We're yeah. here to talk about horses. So now you've been mm-hmm. a dressage competitor for a long time, right? Since 1990. That's a long time. All right. So yeah, I'm you've, old. <laughs> you've done bronze and silver medals and all kinds of stuff, right? Uh, yes. I have my dressage bronze and silver medals. I'm halfway to my gold and a freestyle uh, bar. You know, so yeah, I've, I've been doing it for a long time. Like you said, I've been made over 200 trips down center line uh, just at recognized shows. And that doesn't include any of the unrecognized shows. And then that's you a did- lot of dressage tests. Yeah. To memorize. It is. <laughs> So why did you decide to sell your Dutch warm blood and buy your next horse? Um, I did the math on a couple things. So I'm getting to be a certain age that uh, I don't want to work this hard the rest of my life. That's one thing. And I figured out how much it would cost me to put my horse in full training with my uh, dressage trainer, who is fabulous. Uh, and it would be a minimum two to three years, assuming there was, you know, no time off for injuries or recuperation. And we know what the likelihood of that is. With and horses. we know how cheap dressage trainers are. Well, see, that's yeah. it. I figured, you know, minimally I was going to be between 36000 and $50,000 in training She's in and California. board. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's in training prices. and board because I can keep my horse at home. So I save a lot of that. So I had to factor in all those things. And I just decided just to get to the Grand Prix wasn't worth it for me at this point in my life. You know, maybe 20 years ago, I, I could justify working that much longer to put the money into it. But right now it wasn't. I wanted to do other things. And plus, if I put my horse with my trainer, I wouldn't have a horse at home to ride. Um, I'd have to be catch riding other horses. So you basically and did, no you sense. ended up making a business decision. Really? Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, yeah, it kind of came down to a business decision. Plus, I wanted to keep riding and doing things and trying new stuff. And uh, I have a friend who um, grew up in my neighborhood, but now lives in New Zealand, and she's a big trainer there. And she just kept telling me about the working equitation. And I, so I started looking into it, and I thought, that sounds really fun. I've got enough dressage background to handle that part of it. Um, and I, But I haven't done any kind of obstacle work, you know, in decades. But I thought, okay, that sounds really fun. And my trainer also does, has some Arabians that she shows in dressage and sport horse classes and has one she's got up through the Grand Prix as well, uh, besides her fabulous Grand Prix horse that she rides in the CDIs. Um, so I thought, well, shoot, I can go to the Arab shows and play with them and I can do work, working equitation. We had a discussion about it and she's totally supportive. She always has been on every decision I've made, and we've been training together. I've been training with her for many years, but very supportive on my decisions and why, and you know, willing to help me any way she can. So, what so, did you buy? 
I ended up going to Texas and found a half Arabian um, saddlebred who had started out in all that weird hunt seats. They're not hunt seat, but English stuff they do with the big shoes and all that crap. I shouldn't say that. Sorry. Um, no, you can. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, but I tried him and he hadn't been working that too much, but he seemed to have a really good mind. And that was part of it. You know, my trainer said, just go hop on him. See what he, see what he's like. He looks great on video, but hop on him and see what he does when you ask him to do something that's totally foreign. And so I did and sent her the video and she said, hmm, could be the deal of the century. So I signed the paperwork, gave him a check and uh, had him shipped to California last, uh, into last May. So you bought a four-year-old half Arabian saddlebred. National mm-hmm. show horse, right? Yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't have that papers. I have to look into getting that those papers for him. He's, but he is. Technically, that's what that is. Considered. What's his name? I don't even know his name. Oh, well, his name is the weatherman uh, at OHS, which is the farm. I don't, I didn't name him. That's his, that's his, his I love that name. The weatherman? The weatherman. <laughs> so, yeah, his, so his barn name is Mando. Mando. All right. I'll write that that's down. The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. Perfect. So now what do you plan on doing with them? You, you mentioned West working equitation. For those that don't know, what's working equitation? What do you do? Working equitation um, at the beginning levels of it. Uh, well, it's really popular in Europe. And with a lot of the Andalusians, so Jamie, here's an out for your horse with the Andalusians yeah. and the and the Spanish bred horses, um, and it's ideally was developed so that you were utilizing the horse to, for working on the farm and in being able to move cattle, but being very handleable and manageable. And so there is a dressage aspect part of the test. So they just but it's on a short court, like the 20 by 40 meter court. So there's the dressage test for it. And then um, there is the obstacle course, which they call ease of handling, but it's like an obstacle course. And depending upon the level you're riding, they add more, more obstacles to it. Um, and then when you get to a certain point, there's a speed aspect. So you do like the dressage test, the ease of handling obstacle course. And then it's like the obstacles on speed. Then some places even have you working cattle, but not a lot of places in California have the uh, the ability to have cattle on hand like that, to where you have to like like team pin with cattle. This and sounds I, like I did fun. that many years ago. Yeah, it's it's yeah, and it's a good thing for the horses. It's a total brain stretch for them, you know. So I, I mean, um, I was thinking that I'm like, you have this Texas saddlebred cross who's been doing this and then you're like let's go to california and do some complete like was he mind blown or is he just like okay this is cool this is way better he well we started with the dressage and the reschooling on the dressage part of it just so he's having an idea with that so you know we still have to work a little you know constantly saying no go to the bit go to the bit don't suck behind but he's he's you know way way better i mean he's done he's done really well um for that dressage stuff so far. And then, um, you know, I, I always make him open and close my gate at home when I'm riding and I'm walking him over stuff and through stuff. And, and, uh, so far he's, he's been okay with a lot of it. Um, doesn't care. They use like a, a garrosha pole, but they call it something else. Like you've seen like the, the when they work those poles, like Mary Kitts Miller's done a lot of yep. garrosha work. Yep. Um, but they have something like that. So, of course, I have my long bamboo pole that I practice with. And there's a reason why I never played polo. I have to keep from whacking the horse with a pole accidentally all the time. <laughs> the hand-eye coordination just isn't there. Uh, it doesn't help that I'm left-handed, so I'm trying to control the pole with my right hand. But um, he's he's been fine with me, like, piercing the, the trees and piercing things and, you know, <laughs> waving it above his ears and behind his tail and stuff like that. Do you get so, to wear cool um, outfits or do you have to wear the boring like riding stuff? Okay, okay so that's the other cool aspect about working equitation for anybody. Um, as long as you are in whatever style and keep to that style, you can wear whatever you want. So I can ride in all my dressage stuff. If you're a Western rider, just wear your Western stuff. You're just not allowed to mix a little English, a little Western. Helmets are the exception. Could you wear the Spanish outfits? Yes, oh, I would well, love cool. to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I Somebody's going shopping. <laughs> Somebody's going <Exactly>. shopping. <laughs> I personally oh, yeah. think no, the Spanish outfits are the those. best. <laughs> yeah, they are. They actually they are. They're lovely. Uh, you know, get the saddle and the tooled saddle and all that stuff. I think it would be very fun. 
Now, I saw Kim's where spending the money. I need to call Ray and uh, tell him <laughs> that Kim's going to be spending some money. <laughs> I mean, it's way less than it's like it's free, Kim, because you're not competing Grand Prix, you know? So it's like, you know, that could have been $50,000 a year. So whatever you spend, he should thank you at the That's end. Right. Well, should we discuss the fact that the Warm Blood was way more money than the Arab was? I figured exactly. that was the case. I figured. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, the way I look at it, I pocketed some money, and my trainer goes, "I hope you put that in a separate account." I said, "No, I didn't." <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I mean, it's all free at this point, you know, but everything you do. So, Kim, I That's went to a working, yeah, I went to working equitation show when I lived in Arizona, and there was like different degrees. There's so there's like the course, and we've all seen the YouTube videos of the Andalusians and the guys just flying through it. And there was one guy who did all that, but everything else was like very doable for an average equestrian right. you know like you right. go through you have maybe side pass you open a, like a rope gate and then you have to weave in and out of poles but by the end of the 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 high level or doing tempi changes between the poles and all these things so it's very doable and I, I you know i've considered it with my andalusian i'm like that's great if only they had a class of like you go up to the barrel and you spook and then you go up to the pole and you spook. <laughs> I would be so good at that because you can't manufacture a spook. You just like that should be a, t- a skill acquired. But what what is so what is your first competition going to look like and when is it? Um, I am trying to get into a show at the end of February. Whether I, I, I here's the other thing is the the show opened up January 14th and it may already be filled. So I'm waiting listed for a Sunday show, uh, class. So I'm hoping to get on Sunday because I thought, oh, you know, I have enough time to fight, register this week. Well, no, I'm waitlisted for a class on Sunday. So I'm hoping wow. to get in on Sunday, the end of February. This is becoming and very popular working. It is. It, isn't it, it yeah, is. Yeah. The only problem for me is the two places who tend to do the most of these shows are either two other side, well, on the other side of LA and, or two hours down towards San Diego um, in Poway. Um, and those tend to be the most popular shows and there's, they're always there, but it's, it's just a, a hall, long haul one way, you know, every day you got to go out there. But, um, you know, being a spoiled dressage rider, I'm used to, you know, an hour at the most and I can find some really high quality shows, two hours, I can find the best, but, you know, for me to go try something, I'm going to have to drive at least two hours. So that, you know, that's the lazy part of me kicking in <laughs> and then some people say, Oh, driving in LA. Ooh, yeah. But that um, sucks. Yeah, it does. Well, especially with the trailer. I'm going to post a picture of you and your pony who doesn't look like he is he right? Yeah, Uh, he doesn't look like he has any chrome at all. He does not. What I did not send you was his. He has a little sea of white hair under his forelock, which you can't see. Mm. Um, No, he's solid chestnut, except he has the most fabulous flaxen tail. He does. I mean, it is. To die for colors. I don't think I sent you the picture with it showing his tail. And the thing is, is people, I mean, I've had people that, like, I've taken him to two shows. But they say, oh, did you buy him because of that tail? And I said, okay, here's the honest truth. I went and tried him. His tail was tied up in a bag. I had the I had the horse vetted. I never even took his tail out of the bag. I didn't know what I was getting until he came to my house. Wow. Well, he's, and that he, was a pleasant prize. You, you, he's a really cool-looking horse. We'll post a picture of that in our show notes today if you want to take a look at uh, Kim and her horse. And we're excited to follow you on your adventures this year. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, Question, I can't real wait quick, to see how it Real quick. His name is Mando, obviously named mm-hmm. after the Mandalorian, who was my husband's favorite character in Star Wars growing up, and we love the show. Uh, did you let your husband name him? Yes. See, I took genius. your advice genius <laughs> i i took your advice that way then you know so my i come in from riding or whatever my husband how's mando how's now mind you he's in my backyard horse, look out look out the window husband <laughs> up the hill the horse is probably staring at you because he thinks he should be eating but he'll have to ask me how the horse is doing it's weird though if you would let them name it it is like they're like they take a little bit of pride and ownership and so any of you ladies out there that want to get a dog or a horse just let your husband name it and then It'll be great. My husband named the Corgi, too. Genius. Yeah. All right, Kim, get back to work before you get fired. Um, Clock in, sister. Oh, yeah, clock in first. Yes, thank you for reminding me. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll talk to you again soon. All right, thank you. It was fun. I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks, Kim. Bye. 
Well, that's great. We now have two of our three spotlight writers that we've introduced. If you remember, a couple weeks ago, we talked to Steph Peska, who who has the three sisters that are doing ranch competitions. Mm-hmm. So we talked. So that's ranch, and now we have Kim, who's doing you know working Ooh. equitation. And we, then are we still going to have Kiara? Because well, we need Kiara's, Kiara. Kiara's coming back just okay. because Kira is cute. <laughs> but yeah. I do want to find a third this year. And we're trying to find people that are doing, you know, not the typical things, dressage and eventing, we're, that are doing something a little different that we don't know much about so that we can all learn through the year. And uh, so I'm still looking for one more. If you're doing something interesting or something different with your horses than you've done before and it's not one of the big three, then uh, drop me an email at glenn at horseradionetwork.com. I'm still looking for that third person. So You know, I just saw something that was actually pretty intriguing to me and it is a um a sca- like an on a virtual scavenger hunt that you're supposed to go on trails and find various items on your trail rides like a snail or a like a snail or, or like an elm tree oak yeah. tree you know a, pl- a plastic bag you know just, just stuff like that like it looked well, really fun and I, I was thinking about doing it, and then I was like, well, I'd have to plant all that stuff. <laughs> Trail. Yeah, trail's your 20 trail's minutes. pretty clean. It's right there behind your house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it'd be fun to do. Like, I but that where we cool. live, where there's hundreds of miles of trails. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. The other people have a distinct advantage. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to have a s- distinct advantage, too, if you shop at StatelineTech.com right Ooh, now. Good seg. Good segue. Pretty good, huh? Uh, <laughs> StatelineTech.com right now has a clearance sale going on. I know that a lot of companies overbought last year, and apparently that's what happened here, too. So they have uh, like 10 pages, like hundreds of items on clearance right now. I'm looking at... uh, Dublin Ladies River Boots, those are the tall boots, the waterproof boots, are marked down from 189 to 91 They have blankets that are at half price. Uh, Dang, I should have shopped here. So I had to buy a blanket for the new horse, Jack, and I needed a rain sheet for him with the neck, and so I had to find that. And uh, I probably could have got one here on clearance if I had just waited. You know, the Gatsby basic all-purpose saddle pads, everybody buys those kind of as throwaway ones. Uh, you just buy them and use them and then pitch them. They're $6.25. Wait, what? Are they different colors? Six, it's and the Gatsby nobody... basic all-purpose saddle pad in white or hunter. And I think it's adorable that you think we ever pitch a saddle That's pad. $6 for the quilted we don't, pad. We don't throw saddle pads away. Jennifer's now buying pads. She just came in to look. <laughs> That is pretty cheap. I mean, we weren't even selling on that 20 years ago in our store. Um, so they got all kinds of stuff here from blankets to boots to horse boots to people boots to saddle pads, uh, Western boots. Again, there's a lot of Western boots in this world. Uh, gloves and lead ropes and all just kind of stuff. So head on over right now. They're having a big sale there at StatelineTac.com. Uh, this is clearance stuff, so when it sells out, it sells out and... You know, you're not going to get it if it's sold out. So look for your size. But uh, like the saddle pads and white, I like the Hunter one, actually. Oh, here they have the Weatherbeater Prime Marble Swirl AP Saddle Pad. Those are actually the, the really the nicer pads, and it's in the Marble Swirl that they came out with. I don't know if they sold a whole lot of them. Dang it, these boots are sold out of my size. Son of a nutcracker. <laughs> they only have the little or big sizes left. But you are a little mm-hmm. size, though. Um, I'm a seven and a half. That's pretty and little. everybody is a seven and a half. Oh really? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's like in men's sizes, everybody's an eleven. Dang it. So there you go. Check it out. Statelinetech.com. Uh, so this history segment today is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, non-GMO core nutrition for ho- horses and ponies of all ages. The Scrappy Kid by Sally Spickard. Lake Placid, New York is a place inundated with sporting history, having hosted the 1932 and the 1980 Winter Olympic Games. The bustling community is home to Lake Placid horse shows and is also known for its scenic views and big ticket competitions that attract the biggest stars in show jumping. Many would say that some of the true greats of show jumping have roots here in New York. It was Lake Placid that paid host It was Lake Placid that played host to a young teenage rider who had been given the opportunity of a lifetime. 
Together with his quirky horse, with the infinity for refusing fences, the 16-year-old kid arrived in New York, unaware of the notoriety and prestige of the two-week show that awaited him. For this rider, the show was a culmination of a childhood that consisted of barreling through the woods on a pony trained by himself and his brother, learning the ins and outs of farm maintenance on his parents' property in New Jersey, and all in all, just enjoying being a farm kid. Soon enough, his brother took up soccer and left the horse farm behind. But the scrappy kid, well, he stuck with it. He acquired one horse for 50 bucks, leased another, and eventually found a horse he'd end up at Lake Placid with. But his horse wasn't without its quirks. It favored refusing fences, and luckily his rider had a solid foundation and flat work to be able to get the job done and stay aboard. But the ride wasn't without its fair share of difficulty, which is why his mother, through Pony Club, eventually wrangled a lesson with the famous George Morris. During this lesson, George helped the young pair work through the issues. The underlying problem was that the horse didn't respect the rider's leg and needed a bit of persuading to go forward. After a quick school from George, both horse and the scrappy kid were happily jumping around with no problems. Mom was thrilled. Surely there was a way to keep this going. Her kid was talented, and while she and her husband weren't flush with cash, she thought there was a chance she could get her as a working student with George. But the problem was, George didn't take working students. And at a rate of $100 per lesson, it was going to be tough to make regular lessons happen. But then something changed. George invited this young rider to come work for him, even though he famously did not take on working students. Raw talent was the term he used to describe the tough kid with the quirky horse. Worth taking a chance on, he said. And so an exchange of information led to this inauspicious arrival at Lake Placid, a show this family had never even heard of previously. But it wouldn't be a typical show for a typical young show-jumping talent. The rider's parents were blue-collar, hard-working folk who wanted their kids to learn the value of their skills and of money. And so, there would be no hotel room, no living quarters trailers for the team to lodge in for the two weeks at the show. The scrappy kid, well, he found himself pitching a tent near the showgrounds, under a picnic pavilion. On the good graces of the local fire department, the area was safe to camp in and would save plenty of money. The only problem, there was no shower nearby. On the showgrounds, though, was a small camping shower facility. When the young rider ventured over to take a shower, he discovered that the shower was in fact being used as a storage area for folding chairs and other equipment. They were stacked from floor to ceiling. Well, he issued a silent challenge to himself, and he went about emptying the shower. He spent a long time carrying chairs in and out, making room for him to fit in the shower. In a moment of triumph, he turned on the faucet, and nothing came out. Shaking his head in impatience, the 16-year-old set about fiddling with the water pipes, hoping to hit on a solution that would finally make his hard-earned shower happen. He traced the plumbing. The pipes likely hadn't been used for years, and eventually was able to coax a stream of rust-brown water from their depths. Weeks later, one of his new bosses, show-jumping legend Chris Kapler, would take notice of the kid under the tent in the picnic pavilion and would step in to help him find more comfortable accommodations. People talk a lot about money in show-jumping and about how only the riders who have money make it. This isn't always the case. Some riders just take a bit more of an indirect path to get where they're going. After his time working for George Morris and Chris Kapler, this talented and hardworking young rider set about achieving his next big goal, riding in a Grand Prix. He wasn't short of talent, but he didn't have a string of ready-made horses waiting for him to climb aboard. So he built his program from the ground up, riding horses nobody else wanted, taking on young projects, and working tirelessly to make connections and train his horses. He'd pat his young horses on the neck after a good work, knowing that they just needed someone to believe in them and to get a bit more out of them. Believing that somewhere in his barn, there was a future superstar waiting to be born. And while he was putting his time in, watching his younger peers pass him by, rising the ranks and making a name for themselves, he was just getting better. He was learning feel and how to truly tap into the horse's talent by forming a bond with them. He learned that he preferred starting to work with the horses when they were just four or five, rather than buying them already made. 
Of course, this also means that he spent more time than most waiting to find that special horse who would take him to his first Grand Prix. Horsemanship came first, and so it would be that this rider would be nearly 30 by the time he stepped into the Grand Prix ring. He would also be nearly 30 by the time he rode in his first FEI-level competition. But no longer the scrappy kid, at the age of 34, he represented the United States as a member of the gold-winning medal team at the 2018 World Equestrian Games. Together with Eddie Blue, who came to him as a four-year-old with nothing to lose, the bold teenager with the wherewithal to fix the broken water pipes and to tough it out when his peers were taking a faster track, he made his lifelong ambitions come true. It's a lesson of inspiration to us all. After all, not all of us have the opportunity to enjoy the fast track. Not all of us have the means to buy a horse that is already proven. But the scrappy kid set out many years ago to prove people wrong. And if you haven't guessed it by now, that scrappy kid is Devin Ryan. Out of every four years, there's only one chance of winning a gold medals at the WEGS. And we got to bring one home for the States. I mean, it's always been a huge goal of mine. Like, a year ago, everybody always asked me, what was my goals 10 years ago? I said, at some point, I want to represent the United States at some level, even at a Nations Cup level. But it's been a whirlwind coming here, you know, over the past 12 months, be able to come here and be able to make it to a WEGS major championship and win a gold medal, and that, that's uh, setting a high peak. So I guess the only thing after this would be an Olympics. Well, before we get to weird news, you know, it's that time of year when the weather's crappy almost everywhere. There's mud up to your eyeballs. Uh, if it's not mud, it's snow. And if it's not snow, it's tornadoes in the south. It's just crappy weather everywhere. And it's the middle of winter, and the day- days are short, and you can't don't have time to ride because you're getting home from work late. And Linda posted something in the auditor room that I thought was important that we just all need to remember. And actually, Jennifer reminds me of some of these things all the time. Uh, but, you know, this is a comedy show. We're a morning drive radio show. This is a very serious thing. So I thought we could at least get the message across in a fun way. How about you read this as a millennial? Oh, my God, Glenn. <laughs> Let me tell you. I'm going to try literally, not to laugh. It's supposed to be serious. I'm literally going to read it how it literally is in my head. <laughs> This is how I heard it when I read it, too. (laughs) And, yeah, so this is super serious, okay? And the words are very important, but Glenn wanted me to read it to you like this. Because, um, let me just get started, okay? Like, I don't know who needs to hear this, but literally, we are doing just fine. Stop beating yourself for, like, not riding when it's freezing cold, pitch black, and raining. It's, like, okay to have a no motivation at this time of year, and, like, it doesn't make you a bad rider or a bad owner. So, like, stop feeling guilty that your horse isn't even nearly competition fit yet. Like, take your time and, like, make your plan, because, like, who cares if you're not ready for your first event? There's literally a whole calendar to choose from. So, like, stop agonizing over the fact that you haven't spent the whole winter training because, like, riders need a break and horses do, too. So, like, you'll probably find your horse comes back better than if they'd spent the whole winter being hammered in, like, clinics and lessons anyway. So, like, stop comparing yourself to riders who have, like, more facilities, more time, or, like, a totally different set of circumstances than you do. Because literally everyone is on their own track and has their own goals. So, eyes ahead and focus on, like, yours. Stop telling yourself that your horse, like, quote, deserves better or is, quote, wasted with you. Because, like, as long as your horse is, like, fed and warm and, like, they're quite happy, riding does not complete their life. Because, like, winter is hard and it's cold and, like, it's wet and it's dark and it literally feels never-ending and, like... (laughs) I almost made it like berating yourself for everything you aren't doing or like feel you should be doing won't make it any easier. So like cut yourself some slack and like just literally take a breath. You are doing just fine. Thank you. You made it through for a little bit. 
<laughs> there's an important message in there, but I'm not sure it didn't get lost. There's a message in there, but literally <laughs> don't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Linda, I'm sorry. We just totally ruined the message. Hit I the think. button. <laughs> Move on. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part. Uh, before we go on, I got it. I'll play it again. Um, we, uh, hate mail needs to go to Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. I'm just. Saying. We literally don't care. <laughs> Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. Okay, I got to snap out of that voice. <clears throat> it, it's just in my brain all the time, especially when I keep doing it. Okay, I would like to um, let you guys know that in this segment called Weird News, this is when if you're reading where you get your news and you're just flipping through something and you see something that's really weird, uh, email it to me because you're like, well, that is weird. That's a really weird news story. Boop! That's your cue. Email to jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line. That way I can keep it apart from all the other emails. And then you get credit like Allison, Anna, Delia, Jolyn, Caitlin, Laureen, Steph, and Jennifer all do this week. And I actually found one of these too. So, I mean, you know, you just see something that's weird. Email it to me. And that's a pretty good number for one week. All right. So, um, when you think of what the Christmas list gift idea would be for a nine-year-old girl. What does every nine-year-old girl want for Christmas? Uh, clothing, doll. Pony. Uh, Pony. I mean, I mean yeah. anything. Yeah, well, puppy. Um, <laughs> puppy. Oh, that was on my list was a horse and a puppy. <laughs> uh, this little girl in Maryland, she actually, <laughs> do you know what she wanted for Christmas? for Christmas. What she wanted over and over and over again, she kept asking was she wanted some insulated waders. Nine-year-old girl wanted a pair of waders like insulated for yeah, for fishing so she could go sharks tooth hunting like professionals. She lives on the coast in Maryland. <laughs> I'm like, that is the weirdest Christmas gift for it's a nine year old. Very specific. She wants some waiters insulated. So, what does Molly get for Christmas? Some insulated waiters. Because why not? Because that's what she wanted. And she was like, it was a freezing cold day on Christmas. And she opened up the waiters and she threw them on and she ran right out into the water and started looking through the water, searching for shark's teeth. Apparently, she's been doing it since she was like little and she's nine. So she's still little. So she has found like tons of shark teeth. She looks down into the water and sees a shark's tooth, but it's, it's big. It's big. And she reaches into the water. She plunges her arm down. She pulls it up and it is a shark's tooth that is bigger than her hand. Oh my gosh. What is it? She found a Megalodon's tooth. Like a dinosaur it's shark? Like a dinosaur shark. <laughs> as big as her hand. Really? She was, yeah, she, she said the look on her face was, that apparently was like the holy grail of shark's teeth hunting is to find a Meg's tooth. But nobody ever does it because like who finds a nine-year-old girl on Christmas Day finds a megalodon shark tooth and a new insulated waiters. So anyway, they did take it. It was, they, they took it to a marine museum and this tooth uh the tooth shows how long the shark would have been and would have been 50 feet long oh my god i'm looking at a picture of this <laughs> it's huge are you do you see the story it was yeah, it's huge. Com. It oh is massive massive and so they did end up aging it and this species lived between 23 to 3.6 million years ago minimum 3.6 million years old this tooth that you found <laughs> Now, they didn't say it in this article, but I found another one. They did let her keep it. She didn't get to. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I was like, did she sell it and make a bunch of money? No, they didn't want it. Went. They just said, you can have it. Congratulations. Bye. Get out. What? She, and I get, <laughs> will say Molly looks really cute in her camouflage waders. <laughs> oh, my God. She's adorable. <laughs> Good job, Molly. Okay. Okay. 
Oh my gosh, so scary. This is in North Yorkshire. The fire and rescue services were called because somebody called 911 after they see a horse and a man in there was a lot of rain and there was a flood that came down into this pasture and flooded the pasture. And, and they look out and they, they see there's a man and a horse and they're in the floodwaters and they're looking like they're trying to trudge through the floodwater, but they must be stuck. And instead of stopping and calling out and saying, Hey, do you need some help? What do they do? They call nine, nine, nine. That's what you call in Europe. And, uh, an officer, <clears throat> here we go with the tweets from the sheriff's department. <laughs> An officer trotted off to check out the situation and discovered the man and the horse stuck in the middle of the field. But there was nay further assistance required on this occasion because guess what it is? It's a sculpture. <laughs> if the person would have just stopped their car and been like, you guys cool? Yeah, cool? you need some help? Need some help? And then our taxpayers wouldn't have been spent trying to get this police officer to trot off to check out the situation. I either love or hate police tweets. I know. <laughs> they can't help. They are the king of puns, police tweets. They yes, they are. are. They are. Uh, yeah. So apparently there's a series of sculptures placed around a historic town under the theme of Fields of Mud and Seeds of Hope. It's a f- silhouette of a First World War soldier and his horse. And uh, it's, it's in a canoeing field. So the, there's always water in the field and it looks like they're walking across the top of the water typically. But because of the flood, it was like up to the horse's chest. And the guy's smoking a pipe. What was your clue? <laughs> <laughs> there's a gun on his saddle saddlebag. <laughs> He's wearing a helmet and smoking a pipe. You shouldn't know. Okay, well, this is just getting weird. Um, Rockford, this is outside of Chicago. A van was stolen from a Rockford area funeral home on Saturday, Glenn. And you know, they need those I've vans. Been to Rockford, actually. Have you yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, keep on the lookout <laughs> for the van. Actually, the van was recovered. They did find the van. So that's the good news. It was a funeral home van? Yeah. Oh. The bad news is they can't find the deceased adult who was inside the van when it was stolen and then later recovered without the human body inside the van. So there is a human remains. So obviously, they wanted. that's what they wanted. I don't want to think about this anymore other than like, I think that the, what the guys were like, Oh my God, you guys, let's steal this van. They stole the van and they got like climbing the back and they're like driving. He climbs over the seat and hops in the back and he's like, Oh my God, there's a dead body in here. And so they push it out and then they, and they just dumped it. Eventually they were like, this is too weird. That's what I'm going to go with. Um, mm. You're not going then, with, they actually wanted the body. No, I, th- mm. I, didn't, I didn't even think about that. You weirdo. All right. Next story. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of NCIS. <laughs> <laughs> what is somebody going to do? I don't want to know. Okay, so um, I've got two stories. This one's really quick. And then the last one is just so weird. Okay, let's go to Rhode Island because there is a very... <laughs> We're just going to go with little girl Christmas stories this time, okay? There is a Cumberland, Rhode Island resident. Um, and uh, she had questions. All right. Her name is not disclosed. But it's a little girl, and she contacted the police department. And um, she contacted them, and she actually wrote a note and sent a package. And, And so the police department gets this box, and they open it up. And inside the box is a cookie in a Ziploc bag and a carrot, like an eaten carrot in a Ziploc bag. And here's the letter that accompanied this. Dear Cumberland Police Department, I took a sample of a cookie and carrots that I left for Santa and the reindeer on Christmas Eve and was wondering if you could take a sample of DNA and see if Santa's real. (laughs) (laughs) She's been watching too much NCIS, too. (laughs) Exactly. They say results are pending. This young lady obviously has a keen sense for the truth and the investigated process and did a tremendous job packing her evidence for submission. We will do our very best to provide answers for her. She's going into forensics when she gets to college. I have questions and I need answers. That's 
I don't even know how to start this story. Well, can I point out you've done four and there's not been one in Florida yet? No, we're, we're going to keep with that theme today because oh, Florida wonderful. brought it so strong last week. I figured they needed <laughs> a break. Give us a break. Thanks. Let me give you a break. Uh, it doesn't mean people didn't submit Florida stories. They just didn't make the cut because of this fantastic story about this wonderful woman in Brazil. Her name is Mervone Roca Morales. She's 37 years old. She was complaining to her mother about, about her name. Miere <laughs> Bonne. <laughs> That's her first name. Uh, she was complaining to her mother about being single and stressed out. And I guess, you know, there's a lot of dances that they go to in Brazil. And she, it's called a forro or something like that. Um, and she said, I would go to the Foro dances and I would nobody, everybody else would find a partner, but I never did. And so what does her mom Sounds do? Like junior high school for me. <laughs> 37 years old. I mean, she's an old maid at this point. Jeez. So 37 years old, she complaining to her mom about being single. What does her mom do? Hilariously ends up making her a doll, like a life-size fake man okay and they named him marcelo and and i'm assuming the mom was trying to be like a little bit of a jerk and was like here's your man here's your dance partner that's that's a real jerk. that's been a real jerk right there here's her quote my, my mom mom made marcelo and first introduced me to him i fell in love with him it was love at first sight she and Marcelo reportedly have been in a romantic relationship since the day that they met. I'm going to have to scroll through all the pictures. Um, he is a man I always wanted in my life. After being together for several months, she discovered that she was pregnant. Quote, it's true. Marcelo got me pregnant. He didn't. This is a quote. He didn't take care of himself and he didn't use a condom. She claimed he got me pregnant. I took the test. It was positive. I couldn't believe it. Not wanting to, the story goes on to say, not wanting to have a baby out of wedlock, the couple decided to make things official and got married. She says, the wedding was a wonderful day for me. Very important, very emotional. It did rain, but it was wonderful. From the moment I walked down the aisle till the end, it was just beautiful. And then went the wedding night with my husband, Marcelo, and we enjoyed the wedding night a lot. The couple welcomed 250 guests to their wedding. Oh, Two- you know why they were going. <laughs> oh, you'd have to go. Why do we there's never get video. invited to these weddings? <laughs> there's a video of them having, th- there's videos and, and a lot of people. So he has like a white face with like a big mustache. And uh, you can see the guests in the background. And many of them have painted their face like Marcelo. <laughs> So it had to be hilarious to them. I don't think it's that hilarious to her. So uh, the video of them on the dance floor at their wedding is she's dancing around with him and he is strapped to a dolly. (laughs) (laughs) And she's wheeling around this dolly dancing with him. And you can see all the people in the background like watching and clapping along. Okay. After the honeymoon, the couple welcomed their child, Marcelinho on May 21st. She gave birth in just 35 minutes at home with a doctor and nurse on site while live streaming it to an audience of 200 people. She said, I didn't feel contractions and pain, but seeing the placenta and the umbilical cord and the blood made it all real. He was here in 35 minutes and he's doing great. There's a picture with the baby. The baby's a doll. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going at. That's where I what? thought you were going. You know, there's a thing like when people are delusional, you know, somebody needs to stop them just for their own good. Um, but it seems like those 250 people at her wedding are enablers, and you all should be ashamed of yourself. She's Would you happy. like to hear the rest of the quotes? You know, there's a few women listening right now that wish they'd married a doll. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she'll talk about him. She said she and her family are extremely happy together, despite the stress of her being the only breadwinner in the house. 
<laughs> Somebody employs her. She she says he has quote so many great qualities, but his only downside he's really lazy. He's a lazy he jerk. <laughs> he doesn't work at all. But I am a warrior, and I keep it going for us. He probably doesn't she, even cook. Quote, it really upsets me when people say this is fake. It makes me so angry. I am a woman of character. My mother and my father taught me to be honest, to be a good person, and not want to take advantage of anything. Married life with him is wonderful. He doesn't fight with me. He doesn't argue. And he just understands me. Marcelo is a great and faithful husband. You know, he there's is a lot such... to be said for those four things. <laughs> oh, man. And all women envy him. I feel like I missed the boat on saying, like, married life with him is, like, wonderful. He doesn't, like, fight with me. And, like, he doesn't argue. And literally, he just understands me. He's a great and, like, faithful husband. And he's such a man, like, all women envy him. I don't think. You know the nice thing, though? When you get sick of him and want to divorce him, you don't have to give half your money away. You can put him in a van that's going to get stolen later. <laughs> that's right. Just throw <laughs> and him in the dump and get a new one. <laughs> There's a lot to be said for this when you think about it. Maybe Again. she has a point. Maybe she's not the crazy one. Maybe we're all the crazy ones. There are wedding photos, and um, it's a wedding photo of her laying on the bed with him with rose petals, and he's in a tux, and she's in her wedding dress. I mean, there's... Oh, there's a picture of them in the bathtub together. Um, there's Ooh, a picture of them enjoying he's a champagne. Doll in the bathtub? He's not waterproof. There's no water in the bathtub, oh, Glenn. <laughs> I was just saying, he's not waterproof. He'd be kind of heavy after She that. didn't say anything about his poor showering habits. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the title of the article is... <clears throat> And this is from the New York Post. Of course. I was loveless <laughs> before I married a rag doll, and now we have a baby. And on that note, um, <laughs> tomorrow we have the... I feel dirty even reading that story. <laughs> we have the Rider Health segment. I was kind of thinking that we need a psychologist tomorrow. But we have the Rider Health segment with Kayla and Emily will be here. And then Friday, we're going to have a best up for you because I'm going to be at PodFest. I'm leaving right after the show today, and I won't be driving to Orlando thinking about that. Uh, yes, you will. I'm going to send you the link so you can see all the pictures. And with that crazy uh, voice in my head of you mm. being a you know millennial, I have that in my head. Hold on. We haven't even talked about what we're going to do in the post show, but we'll hang around for a couple Literally, of minutes. Literally, we'll then. come up with something. Yeah, we'll talk about something. Congratulations, Marcello. Got a lovely lady.